Let's get this sports podcast party started, all right? The J Reels Podcast. Why don't you wait until July 1st to make an announcement? What a disgrace. He can rack up all these numbers in October, November, and December, but what really counts is let me see this in January. The Sports Rebel Without a Pause, delivering fast-paced, jam-packed sports talk like no other. Listen, I gotta call it as I see it. He is not a good player. I'm sick and tired of having to deal with the disappointment of this franchise. When does it stop? And yes, another winter that I can sleep in peace. Coming correct, direct, and in full effect. Let's get it. This is the J. Rose Podcast. Welcome aboard. What is happening, my good people? Greetings. How are you? How's it going? How's everybody doing? Feeling well? Hoping you're weak? And day is off to a tremendous start. Fourth of July is coming gone, and what you're about to hear in your earbuds is me discussing the latest and greatest of what's going on in the world of sports here on the latest edition of the J Reels Podcast. I am your host, J Reels. For my first-timers, welcome aboard. Thanks so much for downloading and listening to what it is I have to say about what's going on in the world of sports. And for those who have been banging with me for now 143 episodes, I welcome you guys back. It is a Monday, July the 6th in the year of our Lord 2020. The J Reels What's the Deal segment. What to expect here over the course of this podcast is as follows. The Redskins finally looking to change their offensive team name. And even at the expense of three of the minority owners on the team that are looking to exit out. And even trying to usher in some new owners for this Redskin franchise that for whatever the reason Daniel Snyder since he took over the team I believe was in 99 or 2000. They haven't seemed to get on the tracks by any stretch. I'll talk about the controversy surrounding this nickname, even the owner for that matter, and also the trickle-down effect of what it's had, even in baseball, where the Cleveland Indians are looking to rebrand and change their team moniker. I'll touch on that, as well as the NFL Players Association, how they just want to forego all the preseason games come August into September. Last week, the owners had agreed to chop off games one and four of the preseason, that they're only going to play games two and three, but now... A unanimous vote came down on Thursday where the players say, "Uh uh-uh, we don't want to play in any of these preseason games. What does this mean as far as the NFL moving forward? COVID having its impact on the NFL now, as we've seen with the Hall of Fame game, the Hall of Fame ceremony, and now with the preseason, is this going to be in jeopardy? You know my two cents will come later on, as well as the baseball over-under numbers. What does it mean in a 60-game season, especially when you have two teams at the top with the Dodgers and Yankees at 37 and a half? And why I'm not going to make a prediction, I'll explain that later on. Also, the hubs for the NHL are set. Just some I's need to be dotted and T's crossed as Edmonton and Toronto will host. And all the health protocols and the breakdown of that will be soon to come. I'll also get into my hero and zero of the week. But for those who listened last week, knew that I wanted to shine some positivity. I wanted to bring some light into this dark world. And I'm just going to talk about sports. Because as we all know, the COVID numbers are rising in all these regions, including here in New York again. So people in this Northeast Corridor, for those who have been a little bit laxed or felt like, hey, I could go to the beach and meet up with some friends and interact, we could certainly pump the brakes a little bit to know that this thing is not going anywhere anytime soon. So before I even get deeper into that, my point is I wanted to... Just bring a little sunshine, some rainbows, maybe a unicorn or two, some confetti, 
just something bright in this dark sports world that we've had because week after week, it just seems like story after story, player after player, team after team, report after report, it was just all negative. And not that I'm trying to make this a negative podcast, as I've said time and time again, if this is your first time, if you want to go back to listen to a few of those, I appreciate it. But from my perspective, it was just about being real. Because all I ever want to do on this platform is not only just to entertain and inform, but to be credible in the process. And by being credible is being real with my thoughts, my analysis, and my opinions. And that's it. Never once have I come on to say sports aren't going to be played this year. Ah, who cares about sports? Ah, I'm sick and tired of sports. COVID has had me in an uproar. Never once have I come out over the course of the last almost four months now And have had that type of tact. To me, it's all about getting to that point. Whether it is July 23rd to start a baseball season. Whether it's July 31st to start an NBA regular season. And then get into a postseason as well as the NHL to start that postseason on August 1st. But we haven't been hitting speed bumps anymore, people. We have been hitting mountains. And the mountains just seem to be getting bigger, taller, Stronger, And what I mean by stronger is in a case of where these sports are in complete jeopardy of not even just restarting, but just even getting through a round, let alone a, an entire playoff series or even a week of baseball or a month of baseball, etc. And now the NFL is starting to feel the effects of that, which I'll get into a little bit later on. And I can go through all the numbers and everything that's transpired over the last week and the players that have dropped out and so on and so forth. But what is it going to do? And the sad part is, is I wish I could talk some sports because I'm sure for the three people out there that truly care about the Rocket Mortgage Classic out in Detroit yesterday that Bryson DeChambeau won going away 23 strokes under for the whole tournament. But really, I can't spend five minutes on that let alone a half hour to take up the bulk of this podcast before you guys start falling asleep and of course I didn't watch one second of that nor do I even care because as we all know if it was a major golf tournament Masters PGA US Open hey let's talk about it let's get into it I would have watched I would have been on top of it and I'm not into the soccer that's overseas I know people are probably wondering hey Jay Reels how about talking about soccer that's what's going on Or even the Korean Baseball League or Japanese Baseball Leagues. If I knew anything about that stuff or even invested a nanosecond about it. You know what? I'd share my thoughts. I know Adam Jones hit a home run, the former Baltimore Oriole, about a week or so ago. But please, are you guys going to jump up and down to hear about Adam Jones hitting a home run in a league that nobody follows? As much as I'm trying to shine the light, as much as I'm trying to say, hey guys, there is hope. There are dates set for these seasons to restart, but all you hear is just the news. And I don't want to make it sound like it's negative from a standpoint of what's going on truly in this country, because we all know there are a lot worse things that can happen. But considering that this is a sports podcast and knowing that these dates that are forthcoming here just a few weeks from now, that we could hopefully circle and hold our breath to say, play ball, or tip off, or drop the puck. But it certainly looks ominous when you see players from the St. Louis Blues and multiple players at that contracting the coronavirus. 
or now nine more baseball players have contracted as well when they had 302 tests, I guess going back to sometime last week, where 16 of the players had contracted COVID and then now it's up nine more and who knows how many more to come. And also think about this. This morning, the Washington Nationals had to cancel their workout altogether because they have not received the results from the tests that were taken on Friday for the team. And that also includes two of their players in a one, Ryan Zimmerman, the longtime Mr. National, if you want to call him that, and rightfully so. Also, pitcher Joe Ross is another guy that's stepping down for the 2020 season. So you already have a team that's missing two of its key players and then now had to shut down their workout today because they don't know the results of this test and they're afraid that it's going to come back largely positive than it would be negative. So this is just a microcosm of everything that has been not just transpiring here over the last week or two, but has been going back since March 11th. And as I've said time and time again, week after week, and not trying to sound like a broken record, this has been a relentless of a force that we have never seen, at least in our lifetimes, number one. And number two, sports is going to come back on the terms of the coronavirus. When the coronavirus says, all right, I'm good. I'm done. You guys can go back to your new normal. You could go watch your baseball games and you could go to Broadway Theater here in New York, which, by the way, they've suspended until January 3rd of next year. Or go to movie theaters or, yeah, we could open up the restaurants a little bit, but uh uh-uh, once you start being negligent and not wearing masks and not going by the guidelines that the health officials and the state officials have implored the public to do so, this is what's going to happen. We're going to continue to be in an uphill battle to try to get us up and out of this thing to where we could get back to some semblance of a new normal. But as of right now, and as of this second, that has not been the case. So as much as I don't want to go down that road and get everybody depressed and everybody discouraged and wondering, geez, will sports restart? Will a baseball season begin? I've said it time and time again. I I wish I could say, just get ready, people. Strap yourselves in. Let's just play ball and away we go. But as we all know, there's a force out there that's bigger than that. And it's going to go on its terms. So we could go through what has happened here as far as teams having to shut down facilities when it comes to COVID, whether it's the Milwaukee Bucks or even the Sacramento Kings for that matter, which remember, they're going to be a part of this restart. Also, Victor Oladipo, so for the Indiana Pacer fan who maybe with everything that's happened here over the last four and a half months, thinking that the Pacers have just as good as a shot to represent in the Eastern Conference for an NBA final, well, their best player is not going to be there. So Oladipo, who had his own issues with injuries, rupturing his quad and coming back to play a handful of games in this season, well, you're not going to see him until whenever the 2020-2021 season begins. Even the assistant coach on the Lakers, Lionel Hollins, who has pre-existing conditions, he's not going to make the trip to Orlando. I mean, so you have a lot of this stuff in the NBA. DeMar DeRozan, from the Spurs, frustrated with all the protocols and the restrictions. And then once these players get to that bubble, even in the NHL for that matter, knowing that you literally are going to be a robot for as long as you're down there 
And will teams and players start to check out? Like knowing if you're down 0-2 in a series, will you just say, ah, screw it, we're not going to win this series. We're just going to ride this sucker out and chances are we're not going to win. We don't want to see that. So not only is play going to be compromised, but will the competitive nature be compromised as well? Is this what you want to see as a sports fan? All this going on, even NASCAR being affected. Jimmy Johnson, who's one of the top racers in NASCAR, and he's a name that I do know, although I don't follow the sport. But he's the first driver to contact COVID. In baseball, even with all the players that have contracted even more recently, Freddie Freeman, a guy like him, who's one of baseball's brightest stars. David Price, oh, I'm going to sit out this year. Felix Hernandez, although he's not the same King Felix of Seattle, now with Atlanta, he's saying goodbye. You know, we talked about Zimmerman. We talked about Joe Ross. And Zimmerman, he's citing family issues, which you can understand because he has a three-week newborn and a mom who has multiple sclerosis. So he even said, I can't see my mom until two weeks after our season ends. So whether that means it ends on September 27th or if they make another World Series run to the end of October, he's not going to see his mom until November. So you can understand why he's not going to put his hat in the ring as far as playing this year in Major League Baseball. And this is the thing. As much as we can spin it, as much as we could say it's just a handful of players, as much as we could say, oh, they have testing every day and all this stuff and bubbles and again, I can't stress it enough, people, and I'm just being real. I almost feel like I'm having a deja vu talking about this in several podcasts between April and maybe late May or even into June for that matter because it's just the same book but a different chapter. That's all this is. And even the Yankees, who can't get out of their own way when it comes to injuries. If you saw on Saturday Masahiro Tanaka getting knocked in the coconut off of a laser from the bat of Giancarlo Stanton in a simulated game. And thankfully, he's okay. He showed up at the ballpark yesterday, the day after him being hit. All he had was concussion-like symptoms. He should be good to go in upcoming workouts, etc. His scheduled next simulated start. You name it. But even DJ LeMahieu, an MVP candidate last year, And one of their other pitchers, Luis Sessa, they also have COVID. Even former Steeler coach Bill Cower. And the list goes on and on and on. And before I even get any deeper and any further into this, my point in all this goes back to what I've been saying over the past eight weeks, we'll say. I guess we're going to have to wait to get to those dates in order to really see whether or not sports is going to start. But when day after day, hour after hour, even second after second, when all these various reports come out and players stepping down and opting out and not wanting to participate, uh, how do you expect this to be any semblance of a season, especially if some of the top players are not going to participate in their respective sports? As I mentioned, Mike Trout, he's out there in a mask because he has a newborn that's upcoming. And he's even stated as much as he wants to play, he wants to be out there, but he has more questions than answers. And even he's on the fence right now. And if your best player in the sport is going to bow down 
And I get that a lot of people here in the East Coast do not watch LA Angels baseball, notwithstanding my guy Kevin Christopher and also Brian Murray, who are two huge Angel fans. For him to go down, that's like LeBron saying, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I'll see you guys next year. I mean, who's going to take the season seriously? Yes, we're going to watch because we're dying for sports. And I'm going to segue that to this. And I don't want this to be a negative, but it's almost in the last four and a half months with everything that transpired. And I'm on top of this, people. As you know, if you've listened, I need to be on top of it and I want to be on top of it. But I've said, I've asked the question several times, is it really worth it? Of course, the answer is no. But at this point, because I feel like sports shouldn't be back into the mix and shouldn't be in the fold in this year, it's like, what am I missing out on? I feel like I'm not missing out on anything. And it's sad to say because sports has been ingrained since day one. I'm cut out to do this. I was made to do this. But at the same time, having to repeat myself time and time again, it becomes exhausting. And I'm sure as the listener out there, you're probably saying, oh boy, here goes Jay Reels again. I could just go back to his episode a month ago or six weeks ago or two months ago and it's going to be the same deal. But people, what more else can I say? What more can I talk about? What more can I get into? Again, am I going to talk about this Rocket Mortgage Classic yesterday and break that down for 15 minutes? I mean, it's a complete waste of time. We know nobody watched that. And I'm not watching any of these other leagues and other sports that as much as I would like to see some live event and something that can maybe even wrap my arms around. People, I can't get into any of this stuff. So I'm just going to leave that right there. I can go further into everything that's going on in sports with all these rising cases and the choice of players wanting to sit out and so on and so forth. And you know the names. I mean, I could go through the list right now, but right. I don't want to A, bore you with it and B, have the big giant storm cloud above us because you've come here to be entertained. And I understand part of the entertainment is me voicing my opinions and my analysis and my passion about it. But again, it's the same book, but a different chapter. So with that, I'm going to turn the page and talk about some things that are relevant, what's going on in the news cycle, because of course, there's not a game that I want to report on or a certain play or a controversial call. There's none of that. And I'm not going to make one up just for the sake of doing so. Or I'm not going to say, wow, did you see DeChambeau's shot on 15 there on Saturday where he... He took the lead in the tournament and was on his way? No. Not going to do that either. I mean, if there is one plus though, if there is a sliver, a glimmer of silver lining, the Toronto Raptors, Serge Ibaka, remember them? The team that won the NBA championship would seem like five years ago. And that was just a year ago. He actually was quoted by saying that he is locked in and the team is locked in and ready to restart. Which certainly bodes well for any sports fan or in particular the NBA fan because at least they could say, hey, here's one guy that's come out and not said anything in reference to, I'm not coming back, my health, it's not worth it, so on and so forth. And the players have every right to not play. Uh, Listen, if players don't want to play because they fear this thing, God bless them. I'm not going to ridicule them. I'm not going to say, oh, come on, you're a pro athlete. You're in great shape. No, 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 no. I'm not going to do that. 
They have every right to say, I'll see you in 2021, and hopefully there'll be some sort of treatment to get rid of this damn thing. But back to Ibaka. Now remember, the team has been training in Florida for the past couple of weeks. Because remember, they didn't want to have to deal with any travel restrictions going from one country to the next. And we understand it's an NBA team. Because if the baseball season begins, Toronto's going to have to come in and out of Canada to play in the States. And vice versa for the teams to have to go up to the Rogers Center to play in Toronto. And we get that athletes, they're going to be exceptions for them. But even they had the foresight to look ahead and say, no, let's get a head start to at least be in Florida. They're training in Fort Myers. Let's get a few weeks under our belt and then just take a bus ride into Orlando and not have to worry about dealing with customs and dealing with particular quarantines. And even though they're NBA players, they felt that it was the best interest for them to go ahead and get themselves a little bit of a head start. Which, who knows, that actually may help them come the reboot of this NBA season because of the camaraderie, because they've been together. They're locked in on trying to repeat as NBA champions. Not to say it's going to be a guarantee, but I'm certainly sure it's going to help them in pursuit of chasing that second title in a row. But for him to come out and say that, and that the players seem to be all in, they're on the same page. He even mentioned, and I'm paraphrasing, that he has a good sense on whether or not players are locked in or even checked out. That he may see some effort from some players and others are just, ah, you know, get me out of here. He says he hasn't seen that. So if you're a Raptor fan to my girl Robin Kelly north of the border, then that bodes well for you. But that's only one story out of the, seems like, dozens that just overshadow the good in Ibaka. And I don't want to say the bad in the other stuff, but it's definitely not as positive as what we've heard from the Toronto Raptors Center. So now, I can turn the page and let me get into a couple of things before I get to my Hero and Zero of the Week. Because other than that, people, what else am I going to give you? Can't give you anything else. I'm not going to manufacture or make up stuff just for the sake of entertaining you. Again, it's about being credible. You're not going to come back if I'm going to start talking about the Madden cover, Lamar Jackson. I mean, please, come on. So let's get to the NHL. Let's start there from this perspective. So they're close to formalizing this deal with the players to make sure that Edmonton and Toronto are the hubs for the Western and Eastern Conference, respectively. They're going to start training camp July the 13th, which is a week from today. And where they'll convene for anywhere between 10 to 12 days. And then on the 25th or 26th, they'll fly to their respective hubs, depending on which conference they play in. And then, fingers crossed, to start on August the 1st. Now, there are a few things that we have to go through before we get to that point. The first thing being that the players need to agree by 5 p.m. tomorrow whether they want to opt out of the return. Now, they won't face a penalty in doing so, which is good. But I have a problem with that. What happens come July 13, training camp, and then let's say a player gets coronavirus, for argument's sake. Now, we understand they're going to be tested nonstop, and I'm sure they're going to have to go pretty much from the facility to home and home to facility. They can't even go out to order takeout. 
But let's just say one player gets it and then that player's quarantined and then the postseason begins. But because he's quarantined and whatever he went through as far as the virus is concerned, he feels like he doesn't want to go back to the hub and play in the postseason because of his health. Can a player opt out at that point? Or even if the player doesn't get sick, what if by just him changing his mind, he says, you know what, I don't know if I want to go through this. So you mean to tell me the deadline is tomorrow, but after that, all bets are off? Man, listen, I understand that if you're three, four weeks into the hub and all of a sudden you decide to want to pull the plug, I understand this may not be a good optic, it's not a good look, and even though the player has a right, and he should have that right, and I'm not trying to knock it, but it's just weird how the NHL, as of right now, and maybe they'll revise that, who knows, but just to know that they have until 5 p.m. tomorrow to whether or not they want to opt out on this comeback, to me, you talk about, hey, make a decision now or forever hold your peace. I mean, please. That, I, I just don't get that one. So we'll have to wait and see if there's going to be any change to that because to, to me, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, if player X has a change of heart during the middle of training camp or let's say he gets it prior to the start of the season or restart of the season and then he gets sick and then he has to sit out and then two weeks later or halfway through he's like I don't know if I want to go through this oh well sorry you already gave us your word back on July the 7th so you're stuck here take it you know you're gonna have to take it and not leave it anyway so we have that to deal with but then as far as family members are concerned they won't join teams until the conference finals so remember You have the three rounds before you get to a conference final. You have the opening round, best of five between the five and 12 seeds. And then you'll have your conference quarterfinals starting after that best of seven. Your conference semifinals, best of seven. And then your conference finals. That's where the family members will arrive. They feel it's probably best for them to wait until that time. Because they don't want to have any interaction, I'm sure, with players, wives, Kids, maybe even interacting with other kids, things of that nature. So they want to wait until then, which, listen, if those are the rules, those are the rules. And if a player feels as if they want to step away, or let's just say for argument's sake, there's a wife that's pregnant from one of the players, and just so happens that they may give birth here over the course of the next few months, they have the option to say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to do this. So... Right now, the NHL, they're trying to be cautiously optimistic here and having these guidelines set and making sure that all these players will continue to be tested, make it through the training camp, get to the 25th, 26th of the month, fly to the hubs, and then August 1st, drop the puck and away we go. So at least the NHL has made their steps and plans to get their season started. And it took quite a while because as of last week, I was even saying, hey, where are the hubs? We're getting into July and we didn't have a word. Now, we, there was, at the time, I believe there was five cities that were in the mix, but now we got the two and we hopefully we could uh, take it from there. Now, the NBA, they've certainly been on pins and needles to the point where there were rumors of a potential second hub that was going to be in Chicago. That was 86th, or that certainly wasn't claimed to be true. But with everything that's happening in Florida right now with COVID-19, 
And even being in a bubble, you just never know that Adam Silver was, I don't want to say shaking in his boots, but certainly the Pinot Grigio was not going down smooth after a kale salad and maybe a little veggie medley. But with uh, that being said, the NBA is going to go ahead as planned. I don't know when the teams are going to arrive in Orlando. You would think it's going to be within the next week or so. Similar to the NHL. Now, the NBA spending $150 million between housing the players. I don't know if the families are going to come in from the start or if it's going to be similar to the NHL as far as conference finals are concerned, but that remains to be seen. But it's going to cost them that much. But if they do get through a whole postseason, and granted, the $1.4 billion that they'll get from ESPN, TNT, etc., as far as the contract money, you would think that's going to cover it. Now, we understand that's going to have to be divvied up with the players and, of course, the owners and staff and all that. We get all that. But at the same time, $150 million, even in a year where the NBA has just been decimated with just terrible news and not being able to restart the season and for all the hoops and nonstop obstacles that they've had to face here. And not just them. We know the other sports too. But they're just trying to get through this and piecemeal this as best as they can. So that's what we have there with the NBA. Now let me turn my attention to the NFL for two things. One being the, I'll start with the players before I get to the Redskins. Now the players have come out and unanimously voted that they do not want to play in any preseason games. This came off the heels of last week where the NFL decided to eliminate games one and four of the NFL preseason so that they'll just play the middle two games and then they'll have a two-week layoff between the final preseason week, which would be that Thursday, whatever that Thursday off the top of my head is in late August, leading into the first Thursday night game, Texans Chiefs to kick off the 2020 NFL season. I thought they were smart in doing so. Obviously, they're trying to do whatever preventative maintenance to get these players in and out of the facilities, to their homes, back to the facilities, to get them away as much as possible so they will not be infected by this virus. So I thought that was a smart move there, but the players said otherwise. Thursday night, this vote came down. 100% across the board. We don't want to play in any preseason games. And now what do the owners do? Do the owners, I don't want to say capitulate, it's a little strong, but do the owners... Say to themselves, you know what? We understand that this is one of the strangest times that anyone has ever experienced. We'll forego these games and let's just hope come September 10th, which I believe that'd be the week one of the season, the start of week one, that will go ahead and hopefully not skip a beat. Let's see what the owner's going to say. This could be an interesting little tug of war because for me personally, as everybody knows, I wouldn't care if I missed a preseason game. It could be played in my backyard. I'd draw the blinds. The preseason games are the most overrated games on the face of the earth. I get people want football. I understand the football fan is just thirsting for watching the quarterback line, on, line up on the center and have a snap and hand off or pass downfield. But as we all know, the preseason games are like watching paint dry. That's how bad they are. And I don't care what anybody says. People can say, Jay Reels, you're crazy. It's still football. At the end of the day, it is not. So I would have missed the preseason games at all. 
Now, the owners are going to have something to say about it because that means less money in their pockets, which I could care less because it's a preseason game. They shouldn't even make money off of those games. All right, concessions, people going to the stands, they're going to have to pay for the tickets. But those tickets should be charged. They should be charged them 10 bucks, even if it's the 50-yard line, 10th row up. But as we know, the owners are going to have something to say about this. And you would think, with everything that's gone on with all the other leagues, that they would just say, the hell with it. Let's just wait till September 10th. Let the players practice. The product's going to suffer, as we all know, if there aren't any preseason games, regardless. Because we all know, these players, they play a half at the most, and it's the third preseason game. So there's not going to be that much of a difference whether or not they get to dress up in a preseason game or not, and you just fast forward right to the start of the regular season. So you're not missing much in that regard. But the one thing I will say is that this could cause a stir. And... I believe the CBA is not for another two years. But as we all know, the players will certainly have a long memory if they have to suit up for games two and three of this preseason, or even maybe one game for that matter. Because this has been collectively bargained. So something just to keep a note in the back of your mind for down the road, if there's going to be any rift between the owners and players where the owners are going to come out and say, no, you guys have to play. And that could turn ugly real quick. And hopefully something that doesn't turn even uglier is what could transpire in Washington in regards to the moniker that the football team has had over the past, what, since 1933? Them being the Washington Redskins. Now, Daniel Snyder, as we all know, is the owner of this Wobegon franchise. And he's been a lifelong fan of this organization, of the team, to the point where he bought it. And let's face it, ever since he bought the team, it has been an unmitigated disaster. People want to go back to the Super Bowl years of Joe Gibbs in the 80s and the early 90s, and they could do so. And you can't take that away from them. But one thing that we can say since then, they have absolutely done zero when it comes to the NFL and success and team success since the 92 season. Yeah, have they made a few playoffs? Yeah, they have. They had a very untimely death of one of their great safeties, Sean Taylor. May he rest in peace many years ago. But they have had nothing, absolute zero to cheer for. And now they have this hanging over their heads because A, the owner's been stubborn. Him being a fan of this team for so many years, he feels as if, oh, why change the team name? This is part of NFL history. This is one of the historic franchises of this league, etc. Note to Dan Snyder, all change is not bad. And you know what? All you got to do is just look down the street. Mind you, it was a few years before you got a hold of the Redskins team where the Washington Bullets changed their name to the Wizards. And granted that the Bullets and Redskins are two totally different things. One is, we're talking about Redskins, which obviously I don't even need to get into. And the other is just Bullets. But people are going to associate Bullets with, of course, guns and everything. We could talk about guns in this country. But they had the wherewithal to change the name back in 1997. And a lot of that had to do with the owner at the time, A. Poland, and him losing 
a very dear friend, someone that was close to him who was actually assassinated, one of the Israeli leaders. So he thought, uh-uh, I'm changing this name. We went, they went from bullets to wizards, and they've been wizards ever since 1998. Well, it's time for the Redskins to do that. And not that I've come up with names, or nor do I care to come up with names, but if you want to pick two names to be safe, all you got to do is just look at teams of the past. You want to name your team the Washington Senators, although that may not be popular depending on what part of the region or what part of the country you live in, because I'm sure there's certain Senators that you just want to throw overboard. But if you want to name it that, considering the capital of our nation and everything that what it's supposed to represent, so you want to call it that, fine. Or better yet, you want to give it just a vanilla bland name? You want to just name it after the baseball team? Call them the Washington Nationals, so be it. I'll be perfectly fine with that. But by all means necessary, and well overdue, it's time for the Redskin name to just be gone. That's it. And you have three of the minority owners on the team that they're fed up and are at odds with Daniel Snyder that they're not only are they willing to sell their portion of the team And by the way, let me pull up their names here. There are three gentlemen, Robert Rothman, Dwight Schur, and Frederick Smith. They combined to own 40% of the team. So not only are they willing to give up their portion of the franchise, they've also hired an investment banking firm to find new buyers. So they're actually looking to pursue new buyers to have them purchase their portion of the franchise so they could just say sayonara. And Schneider, I mean, he's just totally clueless here. I mean, he really is. And I'm not going to claim names or whatever, but the longer he drags this thing out, I mean, Daniel Schneider, you got to get your head reexamined, my guy. I mean, come on. And even to the extent where now the Cleveland Indians in baseball, they've looked at it and said, we're going to do whatever it takes. We understand that the Cleveland Indians have been a part of this town and Major League Baseball, and they have a long tradition too. Granted, not successful. They haven't won a World Series since 1948, but again, Cleveland Indians have had, you know, not the San Diego Padres. Now, of course, they haven't been around as long, but you get my drift. So they're looking to change their name. And then you also have other franchises that need to, as I like to say, take that cold, hard stare in the mirror whether you're the Kansas City Chiefs, whether you're the Chicago Blackhawks. And to me, the Blackhawks is easy. All you got to do is just make them the Hawks. And a lot of people look at their uniform as the most renowned uniform, not only just in the NHL, but even all sports, the colors and then the logo. But ah, time has come. Also, the CFL. Think about this, people. The CFL has a team called the Edmonton Eskimos. Now, the Eskimos, they've chosen to keep the name, but they've done a year-long research project where they had an extensive program with the Inuit leaders in Canada. That's one of the big tribes throughout the course of their country. Also, community members across the board, they've actually supported it. They feel like there's no need to change it. And upon further internal review, they felt because of all the information and the research that they received and the blessing 
that they've also gotten from the Inuit community and a lot, of course a lot of the natives that live in throughout Canada, they felt it was fine, it was okay to keep the Eskimo name for the Edmonton CFL team. Now, you would think even in good faith, despite the blessing, they would say, no, we'll change it anyway. Just because it's right and just based on principle. But if they were told that, hey, it's fine, it's good from the powers that be, then so be it. I mean, what are you going to do? Me personally, I probably would give it another thought. I'd say, hey, you know what? If the Redskins are looking to change their name, and granted the CFL is not the NFL, but you get my point. So back to the Redskins, they have to change this with the quickness. They really do. This has been long overdue. I believe even FedEx. Now remember, the field is named after Federal Express. It's FedEx Field. I believe even they have thrown their two cents in to say, make a change or they're willing to part. And I believe that they have the naming rights until the 2025 season. So I'm sure if they were to break that contract, there would be some money paid to Daniel Snyder, which I'm sure that they will probably be happy to do if Snyder wants to take his logo and go home like a crybaby. And then he also has the NFL apparel to deal with because I believe the NFLshop.com or wherever you get your NFL apparel that's officially licensed, they stopped selling some of their Nike gear with the logo on it. So I'm sure you could get the jersey, which is just the number. They may have the logo on the sleeves or maybe in the middle. But a lot of their hats or t-shirts that just have the logo, uh-uh, banned. They do not want to support it. So Daniel Snyder, I understand you're choking on your croissant this morning and your uh, cafe au lait, but it is long overdue. Stop it. Get with the program and change the name. And do it soon. Don't prolong this any longer than it is. And that's all I got to say about it. All right, one last thing before I get to my hero in zero of the week. So the over-under numbers, which I love to do for baseball, and we get a 60-game season, we understand where the Dodgers and Yankees are at the top end at 27 and a half. And I think the team that's the lowest, I don't recall, but I think the team that's the lowest is 21 and a half. I don't think it's the Marlins, maybe the Orioles. I think the Orioles are 21 and a half on the low end. So for those who right away want to go to your nearest sportsbook place out in Jersey or wherever you may live and just say, I want to put whatever down on the Mets, which I believe the Mets are 32 and a half. And right now, would I put them as an over? You know what? I wouldn't even pick them as an over or an under right now. And I'll explain why. Again, without to bore you to tears or to pull your hair out of your head, but it goes back to the virus. If one guy goes down during the middle of the season, or two guys, three guys, whatever it may be, and your team could get out of the gate quick. As we've seen with the Mets over the years, they got you know 11-1 and one and... 13 and 3, they could get out to these enormous starts. You think, all right, great. And then, God forbid, Jacob DeGrom gets the coronavirus, or Pete Alonso, or Jeff McNeil, or Michael Conforto. And then what happens? So, you're not going to see DeGrom for three starts. You're not going to see Conforto for 15 games. You're not going to see McNeil for the same amount, Pete Alonso, et cetera, down the list. And then there goes your over on the totals. Now, why even bother? So, for those who are wondering if Jay Reels is going to have an over-under 
And I understand it's just for fun. I'm not gambling. But why? All it takes is one or two of your top guys or even just the, who knows? Could you imagine if, and I'm just going to throw a name out there, Aroldis Chapman, who was a top closer in baseball, who in a 3-2 game in the ninth inning, oh, we don't have Aroldis Chapman. Now the Yankees may be different because they have, their bullpen is excellent as we all know. But even, let's go back to the Mets. And this isn't saying much because Edwin Diaz in the year he had last year. But let's just say Edwin Diaz is a semblance of his 2018 Seattle Mariners self. And now he's down for two weeks. Who's going to close these games? Jerus Familia? Dellen Batantis, who hasn't really pitched that much over the last two years? And who knows what Familia? Familia lost 30 pounds, was looking good, pitching well in the preseason or during spring training. For all we know, he gained all 30 pounds back. That's my point. And that's why I get it. This is a fun exercise. I understand the tradition here on the podcast, but I'm not going to do it because for what? Like I said, players go down. Then I have to almost put an asterisk next to it because, yeah, the Mets get off to that hot start, but then lose the Grom, lose Conforto, lose Alonzo. Well, here we are. And now the Mets are at 28 and 32. And that 13 and 3 start or 11 and 1 start was for naught. So I'm not going to get my hopes up. To me, it's just going to be a waste of time this year, so I'm not going to do it. And the same will probably apply for the NFL when the over on the numbers total come out. So just giving a heads up for those people out there who are looking forward to the over on the numbers and me handicapping them and giving you my choices. Uh Uh-uh. This time around, at least for baseball, I'm not going to do it. All right, let's get to my hero and zero of the week. My hero of the week is Ian Desmond. He of the Colorado Rockies. Not only is he opting out of playing in 2020, but the one thing I truly have to commend him on is that he shared an extensive post on Instagram, not only just about baseball and him playing in 2020, having another kid on the way to go on top of the four children that he has with his wife, living down in Florida where he's from, I believe Sarasota, but just being biracial in this country, witnessing racism before Little League games, before Little League games where people are going around the field chanting white power. If you could even, I mean, think about that, people. The lack of African-American kids playing baseball, also the communities trying to do its best to support the game in those underprivileged inner cities. It was just a heartfelt, sober experience on him growing up, his influences. It was just refreshing to see. You know, it wasn't scripted. It wasn't contrived. I know that a lot of players go to the Players' Tribune where they express their thoughts, their concerns, whatever. And But it, to me, that's a little bit more calculated. It's a little bit more, like I said, t- contrived where on Instagram, it was just all his thoughts right there. Six or seven pages. You could check them out. You could just, I guess, type in Ian Desmond Instagram and you'll see for yourself. So to me, I thought it was just very courageous for him to do that. Not only just to sit out this year, which he has the right to do, but also just to kind of encapsulate him growing up, having to deal with racism, being biracial, even on a baseball field as a little leaguer, all that, I just thought it was refreshing to see. So he is my hero of the week. And my zero of the week, I don't even know who to target this on, to be honest with you. I don't know if it's the NFL. I don't know if it's Roger Goodell. I don't want to pick on Goodell because I picked on him for like a scab. But I'll just say the NFL for right now because for them... Wanting to play the Black National Anthem prior to the beginning of week one games, and I think it's just for week one only. To me, why even bother doing that? Do it every week from now until the cows come home, or don't do it at all. 
What is the point? And for those who don't know, the Black National Anthem is Lift Every Voice and Sing. It's an anthem which obviously it's very uplifting. I'm sure you could go to YouTube and play it. You'll hear for yourself and see. But for the NFL just to throw the bone to African Americans in this country and for them and everything that they said here in recent weeks about wanting to be a part of this change, about wanting to be at the forefront of social injustice, of the police brutality, of everything that's gone on with African Americans in this country, for them just to say we're going to play this prior to week one? Uh, give me a break. I mean, that is the ultimate shame on you. Hopefully, they meant just they're going to play it in week one and then from there on out. But I didn't see a statement saying otherwise. So whomever made that decision, I'm sorry. They get my zero of the week. And then on an honorable mention note in reference to this anthem, I know a lot of people in uproar. I've seen this online and people are getting crazy. Oh, this is racist. Well, now they're going to have a black national anthem, whatever. You know what they should really do? And I mean by they, I'm not saying the government, people in this country. How about somebody get together and come up with a new national anthem overall? How about that? To honor the Native Americans of this land that was stolen from them. To honor the military of this country. Because of course, our military is what provided the freedom. Granted that it hasn't been freedom for all. And that's another subject for another day. And also the citizens of this country. To unite us. To finally, for people who are narrow-minded and closed-minded. To get the picture. To say that we are all Americans. Because like I said before, and I'll say it again, if the aliens came to invade this earth, why would they do so? Because as crazy as the United States is, if they were to not only invade this earth, but invade the United States, and hell was just being wreaking havoc all over the country, you mean to tell me that people are just going to be that divided that they're not going to help out the next fellow man? So yes, let's have an anthem, a new anthem, to bring light, to forget about the forefathers, to the true Native Americans of this country, to all of us as Americans, to unite us, to the military. Have that, because for those who don't know, look it up, Francis Scott Key, third verse of the poem of the Star Spangled Banner, and you'll see for yourself. And if you can't see for yourself, then you're the problem. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Do some homework. See for yourself. Let's have a new anthem. You know why? Because change is good. Not all change is bad. And right, there may be a little bit of uncomfortability, but what's, you know, what happens any good in comfort zones when you come with the answer to that, I'm ready to listen. And you can hit me up on any of my social media accounts, my Gmail, which I'll get to in a second. So you want to resolve all this for anybody out there that got their panties in a bunch and wondering, oh, geez, now they're going to come with a black national anthem. Oh, what a disgrace. Well, guess what? Again, cold, hard, look, stare in that mirror, my guys. And gals, and let's make a change for the good. And that will conclude episode 143. Man, I tell you, I've tried my best to produce some good content, and I understand I'm not talking about games. Thankfully, the last dance helped us out for about five weeks and watching some of the old games, but that's got tired. Now I'm just trying to come up with something, and it's sports related, people. So, you know, I'm not trying to go off the beaten path totally, but it's relevant to what's happening in sports. And if you can't look at it for what it is, then I don't know what to tell you. I'll just leave it at that. But anyway, episode 143 in the books. I do appreciate 
you taking the time out to listen to what it is I have to say about what's happening. And as I ask each and every week, I please implore you to go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Because with all the other podcasts that are out there, and for those who are podcast heads like myself, we all know there are tons of them. And there are tons of sports podcasts. But I hope this one rings a little bit different with you because I just don't talk about football or baseball. I'm not the one-track guy. I talk about it all. So if this is your first time, third time, tenth time, and say, hey, you know, this Jay Reels, yeah, he's just kind of wacky. He does kind of go off the beaten path every now and again. But there's something about him that I like. Again, subscribe, rate, review this podcast, whether it's on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Luminary, or wherever you get your podcasts. Because all that's going to do is just increase the visibility of this podcast with all the others that are out there. And then, in turn, we'll generate interest from those who aren't familiar with the podcast so I can get them on as guests. Whether it is the former or current athlete, the blogger, the writer, the sportscaster, studio host, whomever it may be. And then, with your participation, that will only help boost the visibility of this podcast. So if you could go ahead and do that, I would greatly appreciate it. And when you do subscribe, it goes right to your tablet, phone, device automatically every Monday, roughly around, eh, we'll say around three o'clock is when I post this after editing and everything. And then in hopes to get a second one twice a week, which is usually on Thursday, which I've done over the last few weeks. But now since content is getting a little scarce and I'm trying to be a little bit creative and with guests still waiting to hear back from some and haven't set those interviews and been able to forecast what I could post as far as upcoming shows, uh, I'm going to do what it is that I can on my side to put forth that top podcast for you guys to listen to. So please subscribe, rate, and review. And then if you want to send me a question, comment, criticism, praise, whatever it may be, you could do so at these following social media sites that I'm currently on, whether it's on Instagram, J Reels, or the J Reels podcast, which is strictly on sports. On Twitter, J Reels one just a number. The J Reels podcast on my Facebook page and the old-fashioned way by email, the J Reels podcast at gmail.com. Again, I'm open to it all, people, and I respond, I follow up, I'm on top of it. So whatever you whatever you want to send. You want to say J Reels, you're doing fantastic. I love what you do. You're quirky, zany, crazy, off the cuff. Great. If you even have some criticism that stop talking about the anthem, stop this, I'll follow up on that too. I don't care. That's why I'm here. Full transparency, full disclosure. I'm not here to run and hide from anybody, everybody or anybody because you know, this is my passion. This is what I was born to do. As I said earlier, from the womb, I came out talking sports, playing sports, watching sports, reading sports, whether it's on the diamond, the ice, the gridiron, the hardwood, golf course, racetrack, tennis court, you name it. From my lips to your ears, from my heart to your soul, from where I am to wherever you are, the J Reels podcast always comes correct, direct, and in full effect. From the South Bronx to South Beach to South Center to South Pacific and all points beyond, peace, love, and God bless everybody. And until next time on the J Reels podcast, on the flip, baby.